Welcome to BIV Today, the daily podcast from the newsroom of Business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief. A very interesting poll surface today from the cooperators, the venerable financial foundation group, that tells us a lot about the thinking of Canadians about how and why they invest the impediments they've had over the years and the impact of what we call shock moments of sudden personal loss or even things like the pandemic. Joining me to discuss this is Emmy Fukuchi. She's the executive vice president, the chief digital and marketing officer of cooperators. Thanks for joining us. A pleasure to be here, Kirk. Thanks so much. These uh, shock moments. Uh, first of all, let's let's get them more properly defined. What what really are shock moments? Yeah, it's a great question, and we're really trying to understand how Canadians respond and prepare for things that are changes in their life. Whether it's it's shock moments like the pandemic, we've really seen quite a bit of uh, of a of a getting going back to our roots and thinking about what how how we can feel more safe and prepared for the future uh, as we're thinking through the pandemic. So, you know, for example, one of our stats say that more than half of the country, 55%, uh, believe the pandemic has indeed made them realize they need to revisit and rearrange their financial plans for the future. So these mm-hmm. shock moments uh, give us pause for reflection and have us think about uh, what we need to do to be better prepared. And they they appear to, I mean, in this case here, I think there are about two thirds of those that you surveyed said that they had suffered through some of these um, and, and that um, in a lot of ways they were linked to a financial situation that changed quite dramatically. So that's pretty profound as, a, as an impact on all of this. Um, but it also seems at times, I mean, to, to have triggered people, brought them back to their, um, almost brought them back to some of their childhood. Yeah, it, it really does. And we have spent a lot of time talking to our clients, our communities to really understand what motivates people. How are they thinking about their financial future and their financial security? And it's so interesting to see some of the patterns. So a lot of what we do today as adults is impacted by our childhood, exactly as you say. We actually see that 78% of Canadians and it's 81% of BC residents are influenced by our parents and our history in in our financial management. So it's the way that we were raised that actually has an unconscious bias on our financial decision-making today. And it's really impactful to see, uh, you know, to see how we make these decisions today and and how it's influenced by that history. So does it stand to reason then that if if your parents were, uh, you know, diligent, disciplined, uh, clear about their money, talked about their money, uh, talked about what, limitations that were on their money, that that then has pretty much transferred to you? Uh, it certainly does. So the patterns that we know from our parents and our and our grandparents do travel along our generational lines. But what we find is that Canadians still feel very unprepared for the future. 69% of Canadians and, and 73% in BC confess to not feeling properly educated on financial security and planning as we enter into adulthood. So a lot of people feel really unprepared. And um, a lot of people are really looking for uh, and feeling like they, they don't necessarily have have the support they need to be prepared for the future. And this is where our focus comes into play and how we're thinking at the cooperators as to how we can help meet our clients and our community's needs. Yeah, I, I want to stick with that idea, though, for a, for a bit. I mean, how important were family conversations uh, in terms of giving the skill set to the next generation? 
I think they're really important. And people who are adults today generally do not feel well prepared. A lot of, um, you know, if we look back at our history, talking about money was sometimes somewhat taboo. And if you look at, uh, so I've got young kids who are going into, who are in the, you know, elementary years of education right now, and they're adding uh, financial literacy to the, to the, to the education platforms. And I think that's so important. Talking to kids about, um, you know, what, what it, what it means to be, um, you know, what, what you need to think about in your financial health and well-being, and, um, you know, sort of making it accessible and understandable uh, in conversations, even talking about it in everyday conversations. Likely for many of us, we weren't raised with that kind of um, sort of common knowledge of financial health and well-being. Certainly that's what our poll is saying, that people feel that they're unprepared for it and that they're looking for more information along those lines. What do you think happens uh, then in early adulthood once you leave the nest and you, you get out there and you haven't had these conversations? Is it that you don't understand the the energy of money or the weight of money somehow? What we've really seen through a lot of our conversations is people feel uncomfortable about their knowledge. They give themselves a failing grade on their literacy generally for, for financial wealth and, and healthy financial well-being. And so they they don't know if they're well prepared. They're not sure if the decisions they've made are the right decisions. They're not sure if um, they've set themselves up for their future, their family up for the future. And a lot of people feel actually um, somewhat um, uncomfortable about the situation that they're in. And they're, they're looking for a place that it feels safe to talk about these things where they won't be judged and they can get some sound advice. Yeah, the education system of course fills often uh, a lot of gaps around parenthood, around family life, but in a lot of ways, to, how effective can that be if your family is not having these discussions, do you think? Well, I think we've seen um, we've seen lots of examples where kids can learn things in school that are not part of the curriculum or for the conversation at home. You know, uh, we all sorts of subjects are, are taught. So I do think that it's an important aspect of uh, of our education system and and building leaders and and you know people that are preparing them for for adulthood adulthood into the future. And again, we, you know, we really see, um, you know, people are seeking a place they can feel like they can talk about this with, that they can get uh, personalized um, uh, advice and support overall. And that's a big part of, of our efforts today. When you take a look at, at young people and, and, and their overall uh, preparedness, one of the things that they've told your survey is that they really lacked uh, that sort of mentorship to help them plan so that they might have greater financial security or greater greater degree of, of stability in all of this. Um, so, so what takes the place of a mentor, do you think, in the system? Well, you know, today and moving forward, I think more of these conversations are happening at the kitchen table. Um, mm. I know my kids are, are 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 even doing a almost an economic uh, uh, role play within their within their environment, where they have to play rent, pay rent for their desk, um, and they get paid for the things that they do. So it's really important to start to normalize these types of conversations. 
Um, also, as you as you become an adult, having someone you can talk to, whether that's your parents or your colleagues, but also just generally looking for the right partner in, in your advice and guidance around financial support and security. And, and we have, um, we've got advisors that are across the coast who have great relationships with our, with our clients. And, and this is where really, from a cooperator's perspective, we think it's really important to help support clients in their needs in terms of protecting what matters to them today, but also getting prepared for the future and personalized advice that is given in a judgment-free way that's really aligned to our cooperative values is really how we're bringing forth our brand today to our clients. Yeah. Uh, you pointed out some of the distinctions regionally for, uh, for British Columbians vis-a-vis uh, -vis the rest of the country. Were there distinctions between men and women in the survey terribly much? Uh, there are some. So I would say generally um, uh, there are some there are some dynamics that are at play there. Um, we found that from a um, you know a, a male perspective, there's some more comfort uh, or or almost confidence in in the economic areas. Um, but again, still looking for looking for feedback and advice and support generally. So uh, we did see it quite quite a bit across the board uh, in terms of uh, needing that support uh, across both demographics. Um, when we talk about shock moments, of course, we, we mentioned earlier that they can involve some personal loss, you know, a loss of a loved one, a parent, uh, maybe a divorce of some sort. But clearly, the shock moment we've all come through has been the pandemic, and I wonder whether it's it's becoming um, clear now about how Canadians have done some reevaluation in all of this, and whether they um, are more concerned now about um, about putting enough money away. We've certainly seen that impact, Kurt. We've seen that over half of Canadians through the survey that we did really feel that they the pandemic has caused them to reflect to think about their financial situation, maybe feel, you know, uh, be, be worried about whether or not they're, they're well set up for the future, whether they're well protected to handle different types of shock moments that come to bear. And so we're really seeing that um, there's this increased demand and appetite for um, getting supported in this way. And this is where uh, personalized advice um, is so important for people, for people to feel like they can get um, someone can understand them, can reflect back on what their individual situation is and provide them guidance and advice that is personalized to their, to their unique situation. People aren't looking for cookie cutter advice. They really want to make sure that they feel like they've got someone who's in their court and understands them and helps support them in their unique needs. So um, which, which do you think is, uh, is truer? It, it, are Canadians now relatively deflated? Uh, enervated by the pandemic or or has this episode, this shock moment, um, given them a new impetus to put more effort into the way they manage their money and invest and, and uh, get insurance and so on? It's really interesting. I think people have responded in very different ways. Um, people have been very reflective. I think that they are committed to ensuring that they're set up better for the future than the, perhaps they feel they are today. So there's this real demand and openness to, to getting advice, to, to building what we call financial strength and stability. Um, and for us, that really means like, that means giving people peace of mind. So they feel like they're in a good place today and they're prepared for what the future brings to us, both around their own goals, but as well as for being resilient to handle things that come our way that are unexpected, like the loss of a job or the loss of a family member or something like the pandemic. 
And so there's this real sort of desire and openness for it. And we see this unmet need amongst Canadians that cooperators were very committed to helping support and serve. So what roles are there uh, for companies like yours, uh, for institutions, even for government and all of this, Emmy? Mm -hmm. It's a great question, Kirk. So people need a place they can go to to get advice. Uh, given the you know the comfort level people have with their with their own level of knowledge around financial well-being and financial security, they're looking for expert advice. And so an advisor, a financial advisor plays a really critical role. And it's important for people to feel to find someone in the financial advice space that they're comfortable with, that they feel reflects their unique needs, um, can understand who they are and can give them the, the best advice. And this is where, our, in our case, at the cooperators, our advisors play such a critical role. We've got advisors that are part of the community fabric, and it's uh, you know they've got individual relationships with their with their clients, really thinking about what their situation is and helping them. We say save the things that matter to them today in things like home and auto insurance, but prepare for the future with investments and insurance, life insurance, that kind of thing. And so, a financial advisor is a key role. There's also a role for companies to play around education and building financial literacy, um, things like seminars and webinars that are offered. These are things that people can get even on, a, on an easy to consume basis. So building financial literacy and, and making it safe and creating an environment to have that kind of dialogue is really important. And government and education also play a really important role because we generally, as a as a as a country and maybe even as a global a global entity, have an opportunity to build our financial strength and our financial literacy. So I think there's some great roles for government and and, uh, and education to play as well there. All very good insight. I really thank you today for your time, Emmy. It's been great talking to you. Terrific, Kirk. Thanks so much. Really appreciate the time. Emmy Picucci is the Executive Vice President of the Chief Digital and Marketing Officer for Cooperators. I'm Kirk LePoint, Publisher and Editor-in-Chief of Business in Vancouver. Thanks a lot for watching.